You guys know I like barbecue. Okay, love barbecue. Would eat it for every meal. But we all got jobs. We got kids. Even when we're all homebound, we don't have 16 hours to smoke a pork butt. We don't have a bunch of hours to to cook ribs and remove all the silver skin from the back and then get them ready to go. And it's just not that easy. Sometimes you want barbecue and you want it quick and you want it now. And that's when I reach for chicken ribs. What is a chicken rib, you ask? It is chicken that tastes like ribs. It's a specially cut chicken thigh. You eat it off the bone, just like you would a rib, but you get these great hunks of meat, and it's a little healthier than the average spare rib. 75% less fat, to be exact. Less calories. Very good for you, but tastes great. They come frozen. You thaw them out. You put them in your air fryer for five minutes or you put them on the grill, maybe you kiss them a little bit with barbecue sauce, get that candy glaze going. It is delicious. I have an 11-year-old. He does not like anything. He loves chicken ribs. He asks me for them all the time. Go to chickenribs.com and use the code Andy today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. It's real smoked meat. Comes right to your door. You throw it in the freezer. You throw it in the fridge to thaw out. And then once it's thawed, you are ready to roll. Go to chickenribs.com, use the code Andy for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and there is strife in the Big Ten. As we all know, the Big Ten postponed its football season, presumably until the spring. Several schools are mad about it, but one school is really mad about it, and that is Nebraska. To discuss it, I bring in our Nebraska beat writer, Mitch Sherman, Max Olson, national college football writer who plenty of experience with the University of Nebraska. He went there, also lives in Lincoln, like Mitch, and Max, you did... One of the most Nebraska things you could do today to prepare yourself for this podcast, you had Runza. Yep. I went double cheeseburger, Frings. Um, it was delicious. I'm ready for a, an extremely Nebraska conversation. Okay. I, I feel bad. I feel like I should have made chili and cinnamon rolls for all of us because there, there needs to be some comfort food going on now. Uh, Max was telling me before we started recording that later he's going to record a podcast uh, a Lincoln-based podcast that was it called? Three beers it's later. It's called Max? Three Beers Later. Yeah, right. So, so you drink three beers and then say things that will get you fired. You drink three craft beers and you you try to have a civil conversation during all that. So we'll see. We'll see, man. It's uh, it, these are feisty times around here. We are all totally sober. If our bosses are at the, at the athletic are listening, Max and I are both doing intermittent fasting, so we are in our consumption window that's right so we could actually nice. be drinking right now we're not allowed to drink after about 7 p.m or 8 p.m local time depending on when our window closes so mitch you are the most sober of all of us though at all times <laughs> it was like a 10 what beer a comp- tuesday a in lincoln yesterday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and that's what i want to ask you this you knew this was coming you knew something really kind of feisty was coming when you heard Scott Frost on Monday say, we will explore every option, then the Big Ten postpones, and you get a statement from not only Frost, but the AD Bill Moose, and the Chancellor, Ronnie Green, and the system president, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, saying this is unacceptable. What is going on right now at Nebraska? What is what is the thought process within the athletic department there? Well, Nebraska has not come out waving the white flag yet. It has not decided that this situation is untenable and they're going to be like the rest of the conference and wait until January at the earliest. So I will say, I can say that Nebraska did not appear to practice today. Um, in earlier practices this week, the Huskers were out on their grass practice fields. They had the garage doors up at their indoor facility. Today, that was not the case. Was there a secret practice somewhere being held? I can't say no, but I don't think so. So I think some things are in motion, at least, to put the brakes on the fall season. But Nebraska's clearly not happy about it, as you mentioned, Andy. We saw the statement yesterday, disappointment from Nebraska, unified leadership from Nebraska, or a unified message from its leadership, and the end of that statement saying that the Huskers would continue to hope to look to explore options for their student athletes to play. So what does that mean? Um, You know, with the Big 12 coming out with a schedule today that shockingly did not include a red N in it, uh, the the, the options are dwindling. Nebraska doesn't have a lot of options, but uh, I can't say the door is entirely closed yet. I don't think the SEC is going to pick them up either. Just just a wild guess. But, you know, it's it's crazy that it's come to this, that, that we are talking about this and that that for the last two days we have heard actual serious conversations about Nebraska and the Big 12. Not between Nebraska and the Big 12. Bob Bowlesby from the Big 12 said there's been no communication at all. But people who normally would have laughed at that are actually saying, wait, you know, they could go back. They can't go back. They're in the Big 10, in for a penny, in for, well, $50 million a year. And... This is what's interesting because, you know, you, you heard Ohio State say something similar, but not in as defiant a tone. It, Andy, is, is Ryan Day happy right now? Ryan Day is not happy right now, Max. Ryan Day is probably as unhappy as everyone in Lincoln is right now. Uh, he had a teleconference on Wednesday, and he said at the – I can't even remember what the question he was referring to was, but he basically goes, we've gotten no guidance on the future from the Big Ten. And the disgust dripping from his voice was palpable. Is is Jim Harbaugh happy about how this went? No, he, he's not he, happy either. Some of these a lot of these guys, this is not the way they wanted it to go. I think where you're seeing the difference is those guys are not happy, but they're not making threats. And I think well, there's schools have been in the conference for a hundred years. Yes. Not, the, the idea of being not in the Big Ten does not process for Ohio State or Michigan. They are going to be in the Big Ten always. So what? How? Like when you see that stuff on Monday, Andy? Like, I, there's been a lot of vitriol since about like if Nebraska's not happy, then like get the hell out, right? Like I've seen a oh, lot yeah, of that on absolutely. Twitter. What, what? When you see that stance, and you you know the passion behind it, you get it. We all feel that because we all have a vested interest in there being a college football season, but. When you see, like, what was your reaction when you see Scott Frost go to that length on Monday? That he doesn't say that unless his chancellor told him it was okay to say that. That that's coming from above. Right. And that was, I mean, it was essentially a declaration of war against the Big Ten. And the Big Ten has been clear. Kevin Warren said, I think he told Pete Thamel, that Nebraska couldn't go play games this fall as a member of the Big Ten. Let's be honest. 
if Nebraska wanted to leave the Big Ten, there is a league that would probably take Nebraska right now. And then the Big Ten would have its choice of a bunch of different schools because the Big Ten's the place to be. The Big Ten is the wealthiest conference. It makes the most money. So it's the, the don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you crowd has a point. There are a lot of people that would want to be in the Big Ten. I do think it's interesting if you actually look at the language in Nebraska's statement. It wasn't really a whole lot different than what Ryan Day said on his teleconference today. However, Ryan Day did spend a bunch of time talking also about the spring season and getting ready for the spring season. And there's been no acknowledgement on Nebraska's part that the spring season is even uh, a reality or a possibility. So it is kind of in how you interpret the words. Um, Nebraska didn't threaten to leave the Big Ten, but it's being construed as such because of the response that Kevin Warren gave to Thamel on Tuesday night. You know, you can go play elsewhere, but get out. I, I, I do think that some of this has to do with who's saying it. It's a, it's a program that has been a part of this league for nine years, as opposed to one that's been a part of it for 100 years. And there's it's a, a program that's won 13 games over the last three years, which is one more than, I believe, Maryland and Illinois. Right. So Nebraska does not have the, um, the gravitas. The juice. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that Ohio State and Michigan do. And, and I think that's being held against it a bit in these conversations. Before we get back to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Indochino. Well, and, and it's so interesting because Nebraska is also a school that left the Big 12 because it couldn't get along with the rest of the Big 12. As, as somebody from Nebraska once put it to me back in the day, there were a lot of 11 to 1 votes. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. th- they just they now are kind of getting shaped as this malcontent that that can't be happy in any league. The fact of the matter is the Nebraska can't run the big 10. The big 10 has a lot of big brand names and a lot of old line schools that, that are in charge and they're going to have to lump this, which I don't think sits well with them because they really don't have another option. And I know Ryan day mentioned something about exploring all options and that he talked to Gene Smith, but Gene Smith, I thought, was pretty clear on Tuesday that Ohio State is not going to be playing outside the Big Ten. So, that, well, now, when Mitch- we say explore our options, okay, we're, you're going to go play BYU and Liberty and Chadron State, home and home and home and home and home. I mean, try to add some Sunbelt teams, try to get one of those ACC non-conference games. They, I mean, there's just... They don't, as they this don't thing want crumbles, to play Troy again, Max. Well, they really you know, don't want to play Troy again. You know how this again. goes, like... the. Obviously, the reaction to it was like, okay, well, the Big 12 is playing one non-conference game. Maybe Nebraska can get some of those. The problem, Andy, as you know with this, is these schools are already having to cancel their game contracts, which they're going to get sued over, right? So are you going to invite more and more of that by by canceling games to go find one with Nebraska? It just doesn't make sense, especially when you have to play a home game in the Big 12. So as much as it was like a really interesting threat, as this thing keeps crumbling, there's not really alternatives uh, out there that are that make a whole lot of sense. Well, there's there's two other big issues. I mean, the Big 12, the ACC and the SEC have said they want to keep going. Conference USA, the American and the Sun Belt basically are going to go as long as those other three go. But there's no guarantee that that two weeks from now they won't come to the same conclusion that the Big 10 and the Pac-12 did. So it's not worth kicking that hornet's nest no. when it ultimately may do nothing for you. And then there's the other factor, which is that it, 
it's unclear exactly how the, the Big Ten's grant of rights works, if it has a formal one. I, I talked to somebody the other day who is very familiar with the construction of all the TV deals because they helped make them, and said, who said that there may not be a formal grant of rights in the Big Ten, but they're all signatories on the Big Ten network deal with Fox, which may as well be the same thing, that they their television rights belong to the Big Ten, so the fee would be paid to broadcast any game that emanates from Memorial Stadium belongs to the Big Ten. Yeah, if we want to try to continue to kick this thing down the road, it's probably worth mentioning that Fox, which as you mentioned is closely affiliated with the Big Ten network, carries games for the Big Ten and the Big 12. So yes, there is Fox some Fox and ESPN mm-hmm. partners mm-hmm. Both. for both. They match. Right. Yeah, the the and that's the same person who told me about the the grant of rights said theoretically you could make a deal with a league that has the same media partners, in which case that would be the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Pac-12, obviously, not an option. And Fox just had two-thirds of its Power 5 inventory pulled out from underneath it yesterday with the Pac-12 going bye-bye along with the Big 10. So there probably is some kind of a level of panic going on at Fox right now with how it's going to fill its college football slots. And not to say that Nebraska can slide in and fix that problem, but the fact that there is a connection between the Big 12, the Big 10, Fox, and ESPN, you know, if these guys want to get together at the table and get serious about this kind of a discussion and find a way to make something work, just because the schedule came out on Wednesday with the Big 12 doesn't mean that that same schedule exists two weeks from today. We've seen how these things change in 2020. I'm not saying that that's a likely possibility or really anything more than something remote, but I think it's worth mentioning that there are, uh, there are partners that uh, exist for both of these leagues. How it, great it, would it be if, if the Big 12 just sent an email to all its athletic directors saying, I know you just made your non-conference games. Please cancel them and add Nebraska. You're now playing Nebraska in the non-conference. <laughs> Hey, that would be good television, and it would it would generate uh, it would generate some revenue. How many it, people? It would be profici- yeah. it, professionally. It'd be beneficial for me in a lot of ways. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, we would just live for Nebraska to barnstorm around the old Big Eight this year. It would be uh, it'd be something else, and, 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 and to get Texas way, back on the schedule. Every game's on the road. <laughs> sure, why not? Yes. Well, but that that's how you get around the grant of rights. You you put every game on the road, and the Big Twelve agrees to give a portion of the money. To Nebraska. Look, you're on to something, Andy. Is, is, that, oh, is that how it works? Is that it. actually how it works? There's a distinction between home and away? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's the home stadium. So Get you know, loose is, on the line. Why, Let's get this going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this, this is why like when, when Florida State plays at Florida, when they're both good, CBS picks up that game, right. even though CBS has no relationship with the ACC whatsoever, because it's a Florida home game, they can take it. And yeah. So yeah, that oh wow, we figured it out. Um, now, hold on, I, let me. I do. Let me. Let me, I, let I me be, bring this up. Let's let's Go call ahead. fake Dan Beebe so he can <laughs> tap out a direct message to Bob Bowlesby and say, "I've solved it." That's that's beautiful. I, I do want to bring up. So I mean, Mitch and I spent time last month going around Lincoln, talking to the local businesses, the restaurants, the bars, the hotels about what no season would mean for them. And, and Mitch, you can talk more about that, but. Uh, it's worth pointing out that, and and look, this is, this is being felt all over the country right now, but I do think ultimately a lot of this passion uh, is tied to, you know, Nebraska straight up saying this could cost us 80 
to $120 million. And, you know, and the, the, the work we've done, like in, in 2013, 14, they did a study that, that said that the athletic Nebraska athletic department, the impact on the, the local economy was, was $245 million in, in just in one school year. So I, I do, this is part of the stress. This is why sort of, this is the, the tension is so, uh, you know, cranked up around here. And, uh, you know, now does throwing away fifty-four million from the Big Ten solve that? Of course not. But um, you know, this is this is part of why is the message a little too a little too little too late? Probably, but this is where I think a lot of the anxiety comes from. Well, that that's the part. This all of this is so extreme, and so you can kind of forgive people for what they say in the heat of the moment. Yeah. But I am curious, and, and you guys have have been through the coverage of realignment ringer. Mm-hmm. Could this touch off another round of realignment? I'm not necessarily saying Nebraska, but maybe Pac-12 schools that feel like they'd rather be a little more aligned with schools that care more about football, you know, or the Big 12 maybe wanting to reach out and grab some some people that are more like-minded. I, I don't know. It, it feels like what was a, a solid foundation doesn't feel solid anymore. You know, I think a crisis, it reveals a lot about different parties. And maybe you're seeing some like-mindedness from organizations that didn't necessarily show it before we got to 2020 in this pandemic. And, and I'm not really answering your question here, but I do think there's a possibility that when this is all over and the dust settles and we look at the landscape of college football, it looks a lot different because of the fallout because of the economic losses, because of all the changes that happened as a result of numerous things in this in this this crazy year, and let's just call it two years, because twenty twenty one isn't going to be all that normal uh, either. No, not even at if all. even if we're filling stadiums again, there's going to be things that have happened as a result of twenty twenty that just don't look normal. So when all of the dust settles from that, the landscape of college football might look different than it did six months ago, and maybe we'll get conference realignment. Because of that, just because there are only a certain number of teams who can play on the same level as as their peers, so you know I think it's possible. You know, Mitch, the 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 great uh, Tom Chattel did write on on Tuesday night he, that he felt like this was the beginning of the end for Nebraska in the Big Ten, and I, I am like just curious from your experience of covering them for so long. How mu- I guess how much do you buy that, or how how much do you think you know? While that's a dramatic way of putting it, maybe there is someday some truth to that. Well, I don't buy it for the reasons that he presented. Uh, he, and you're talking about Tom Chattel, columnist from the Omaha World Herald. No, not a hot take guy, by the way. No, and this was a hot take from a guy who's, who's not a hot take artist. You're right. Yeah. He described Nebraska's time in the Big Ten as a poor fit. And, you know, I don't want to get too far into that, but I think Nebraska has fit fine in the Big Ten. Um, from a I, cult- I thought that was weird too, Mitch, because yeah. of of the realignment moves, mm-hmm. Texas A&M in the, to the SEC and Nebraska to the Big Ten have felt like the most natural fits. Right. Culturally, academically, this has been a good thing for Nebraska. Not to say that the Big 12 was a bad fit, but it wasn't as good of a fit as the old Big 8. So I... I, I you know, there's different points of view on how Nebraska fits into the Big Ten, and I think I think Tom has a different take than the way that I see it. I see it mostly as being good, despite the struggles that Nebraska's had on the football field. But as I said earlier, 
this could be a place where we, we could be at a tipping point in, in, in college athletics. So ultimately, he could be right. This could be the beginning of the end for Nebraska and the Big Ten, but I don't look at it through the same lens as him. I don't think that it's the beginning of the end for Nebraska because it's never been a good fit. Today's show is sponsored by Artifact. Artifact sets you up with a professional interviewer to capture stories about important people or things in your life. Basically, it is a personalized podcast episode featuring you or your family. I would love to have one of these with my mom telling our family history to my kids who never got a chance to meet her. It would have been wonderful for them to be able to hear that in her voice. So I'm trying to do the same thing. I ordered my first artifact to talk about my time as maybe the worst walk-on offensive lineman in SEC history. Uh, that's very kind of formative part of my life, and I want them to know, to know about it, and I want them to be able to hear it, and maybe you know, my grandkids, great-grandkids, maybe they'll get to hear it too. Uh what you do, you go to heyartifact.com. I told them a few basic things about what I wanted my story to be about. Then I answered a few pre-interview questions and scheduled my interview, and that only took a couple of minutes. And then I had my interview. I had a professional reporter contact me and took me all the way through the story, you know, made sure I filled in gaps if I'd missed something, made sure it was going to sound great. Uh, it was a very cool experience. It was weird being on the other side of it, to be honest. I'm, I'm usually the person doing the interviewing and and writing the story or recording it for the podcast. So, uh, But it was pretty cool. And I tell you what, they do a great job. They make you feel like you are the star of this show. And it's, it's great. I cannot wait to hear it. Uh, their professional editors and sound engineers take care of the editing, which having done a few edits on these things, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. So I'll be sharing that episode with you when it's ready next week. But for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some awesome samples, tons of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. So when you're ready to make an Artifact of your own, use code Andy to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com, H-E-Y-A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T.com and use the code Andy for $40 off. If it changes, it's not going to be because everybody else stayed the same and Nebraska's like, we're out of here, man. Right. They're, That's what they I'm are saying, gonna, yeah. mm-hmm. They're going to be mad about this and they're going to lick their wounds and they'll eventually be okay. But yeah, I, I think, Mitch, you're right. It If there is some sort of greater, more macro movement, then maybe something changes. But I, I can't imagine walking away from the conference that pays more than anybody else does. Right. Why would you leave? Right. And then, you know, and then as you said, Nebraska is the school that just leaves whenever things get bad. So you've done, if you've done it once, okay. If you do it twice in a span of 10 or 12 years, uh, you know, that you, you are definitely putting yourself in a class of your own in college athletics. I mean, they went to the Big Ten for stability and money, and, and they've gotten a lot of both over this decade. Well, yeah. I mean, the poor fit, the the performance on the field, a lot of that's self-inflicted. That's Sean Eichhorst firing Bo Pelini and hiring the one coach who won't yell at him, Mike Riley, and look where it got him. Yeah, they, they, uh, I, I totally agree. Nebraska has been able to do things financially as a member of the Big Ten that never would have been possible if it had stayed in the Big 12. And I, including, yeah. you know, an academic prestigious part of that, too. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's easy to forget in 2009 and 2010 just all of the 
stress and the hand wringing that was involved in Nebraska's relationship with the Big Twelve, and uh, to think that just a decade later it's gonna it's gonna be looking to go back to that because uh, of this argument with the Big Ten. Um, I, I don't I don't think that's realistic. It it is. I mean, it, it's hard not to look at this like marriages, like. Basically, Nebraska looked back and, and saw Texas and OU, and, and they've been going to the gym, and they're looking really good right now. <laughs> and you're thinking, you know, we had some good times. We did. But you're, you're, that's you're, a way to put it. Sugar, sure. Your sugar mama's right here. Correct. In Rosemont, <laughs> Illinois, sending out big old checks. So I think you should realize what, what's going on there. So I, I do think that's, that's a factor. And so, what do we think about the idea of a spring season in the Big Ten? Ryan Day at Ohio State was very adamant about what he wants out of a spring season, and I think that's obviously what would be best for Ohio State, what would give them the, the best chance to keep all their good players, maybe have some of their NFL-eligible players actually play. But he wants them starting like right after New Year's, eight-game regular season. He wants this thing wrapping up like at the end of March. Doesn't it have to, just for NFL reasons, for reasons of health that enabled you to have – a fall season in 2021 that's that's 10 or 12 games um i think the spring season is just a pipe dream it, it's it's uh it's going to be very difficult to pull off you know first and foremost where are all these states and these schools going to be as it relates to the virus then perhaps no better than they are in september so if you can clear that hurdle um you know then you start to get to the the questions about eligibility and scholarships and the nfl and injuries and putting too much strain on the on the bodies of these athletes to me if there is some kind of a season in the spring of 21 it looks kind of like a jv exhibition season maybe where you incorporate it into spring practice and you can, play can a we couple have a jamboree right yeah. and like eight teams show up and seven on every play seven on quarters. seven it'll be seven on seven yeah <laughs> so uh you know play a couple exhibitions nebraska can play north dakota state and and one conference team and and call it good and everybody can feel feel happy and, and you make a few million dollars um but but you can't do it at the expense of the fall of 2021 because that's when the recovery really has to start the the thing that i find frustrating i don't know if you guys agree is like it's mid it's mid-august how is it that nobody has wanted to take the spring thing seriously enough to at least put forward a model of how that could possibly work? I, I understand everyone has to work as hard as they possibly can to make the fall fall work and, and figure out the, the countless protocols you got to figure out and everything. But it's, it's still like frustrating to me and I'm, it has to be frust, incredibly frustrating to the big 10 and PAC 12 coaches and players that as of today, you know, you, you call it a pipe dream. A lot of people have treated it that way the entire time, and and I, it's hard for us to have good answers today of the ideal way of executing that. So, from the way it's been presented to me, remember the scene in Talladega Nights when Ricky Bobby thinks he's paralyzed, <laughs> and Michael Clark Duncan is saying, "You're not paralyzed," and he says, "I am." And, and Michael Clark Duncan goes, don't put that evil on don't me, put Ricky that Bobby. Evil on me, Ricky that Bobby. is basically what everyone has said about a spring season. I, just from talking to administrators about it in the last few days, they just didn't want to think about it. They didn't want to speak it into existence when there was still a chance to play in the fall. And I think what's interesting is the ACC, Big 12, and SEC, they're probably talking about logistics for a spring season right now even though they're still planning on playing in the fall mm -hmm. because they're seeing what's happening in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten where 
How did you not talk about this before you decided to call it? Well, Andy, to continue your comparison here, uh, now the Big Ten and Pac-12 have been stabbed in the leg, and now (laughs) they have to stand up and realize, yes, they can walk this spring. Can can either of them say, I love crepes? That's the question. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but Stuart Mandel had a great uh, a great model for a spring <laughs> season about two months ago. Yeah, he, he had it all thing. he had it all laid out the domes and everything, and then the, we just set, we set that thing aside, and I think it's time to dust it off. Well, everybody dismissed it out of hand in every league. This is not just a Big Ten or, or Pac twelve issue. It, it's, it's a it, more it was of a one missed opportunity the by Stu to sell his consulting work over the summer. That's true. He he could have been off the hamster wheel. He could have been making them consultant bucks. Yeah. It was a sweet, sweet consultant bucks. So it's, it is very frustrating and, and just dumbfounding to me that there are hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. How are you not gaming out every potential scenario so that when you do call it, you can immediately pivot and say, here's what we've looked at. These are the ones we think might work. And, I'd say maybe they've done that behind the scenes, but I think Ryan Day made that very clear that no one in the Big Ten has done that. We, we did a staff roundtable, I think, a month ago or so about you know moving forward, and I, and I said this at the time. It's just like once these folks are on the verge of going broke, then suddenly spring season becomes way more viable. And, and I'm not here to defend it in, in the sense that, like, yeah, there's a lot of question marks and there's a lot of details that um, – and, and there's going to be a lot of elements of that that a lot of people are going to say, I don't love this. This is not what we're used to. Um, but – I think now, especially with these two Power Five leagues bowing out, um, the stakes are are really, really high. That uh, yeah, we got to find a way to make it viable. Here's the other catch there, and I don't necessarily know that the SEC and ACC and Big Twelve are going to get to a season in the fall. Mm-hmm. But let's say they do. I think that makes the spring season less viable for those other two, and then they look even worse. Yeah, that, because then they're on a completely different playing field with the rest of the country come the fall of 2021 you know to me it's all about the fall of 21 you've got to have some kind of normalcy in a real season a year from now and if you've got three leagues out there three power leagues that are on a normal annual schedule where their players were able to get healed and have surgeries and you have spring practice in march of february march april of next year and then these other two leagues are running around trying to play some some crazy version of of uh of spring football uh with real games uh, I, you know, it's going to hurt them six months down the road. The Big 12 and the Pac-12, or the Big 10 and the Pac-12, are, are, are going to be paying the price uh, for, for a full year, if not longer. Well, it is going to be a fascinating thing to watch. I think Nebraska is just mad and blowing off steam and will lick its wounds and, and make up with the Big 10. But, hey, anytime you get a four-person statement that includes that much juice... You know somebody's mad. Hey, so Andy, we'll see any whisper happens. of realignment in your ear makes them perk up, right? Oh, it's it's. I, I'm so just shell shocked from 2010 and 2011 that anytime I hear the the realignment bat signal or see the realignment bat signal in the in the sky, <laughs> it's like, all right, time to dust off those 64 team brackets. <laughs> we got we got to figure out a way to move as four super conferences. Let's get this moved. In the meantime, we'll just continue to go check uh, the the uh, the practice facility and the fields outside of Memorial Stadium every morning to see if the Huskers are back out on the on the uh, in the uh, in the helmets and pads. 
What we do know is they're still in the Big Ten, and they're probably staying there no matter how mad they are right now. Mitch Sherman, Max Olson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks you for, for Sober Max. I guess you could listen to that other podcast if you want to hear Drunk Max. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, no, listen to it because you're going to be here. But Max, just remember, paychecks are a good thing. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm going to file that away. And in this uh, time of a global pandemic, I'd like to stay employed. Now now everyone's going to go listen to that one. That's true. But I hope they come back here because Nicole Auerbach and I have discussed this before, the idea of of podcasting drunk. And I feel like if we're going to do it drunk, we should do it together, all of us. And it should be here under the auspices of The Athletic so that there's probably less of a chance of us, of us all getting fired, maybe. It's a good theory, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it would work. Okay, hey, it could it could be a long fall of trying to find figure out some content, Andy, and maybe your podcast after dark is uh, is is one of the things that'll get us through. You know, well, there's no Pac-12 after dark, that's for sure. And on that <sighs> note, which is a depressing on one, on that depressing note, yeah, we will say goodbye, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah.